0: Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello everybody, it's Upworthy Weekly and I'm Todd Perry, a staff writer at Upworthy. And with me is the wonderful Allison Rosen and you know her from the super popular show Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. And you know how I know that she is the host of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend audience, because I was on this week's episode of Alison Rosen is your new best friend, and I had a wonderful time speaking with Alison and her cast of characters that I've heard many times uh, but hadn't speak to before, like her husband, Daniel, uh, the anvil, Quants, and uh, (laughs) Tony. I
1: still don't, I'm not sure he knows. I'm not sure he knows that we've been joking for a while now that there's an anvil hanging directly above his head. It was so much fun having you on the show, and I would encourage listeners to go out and listen to that episode. It's the It aired on Thursday, so you'll hear this on Saturday. So it's the most recent episode of Alice and Rose and New Best Friend. Todd read from his high school diary, yeah, which I got to see what it looks like. Uh, is it okay if I tell them it has ahead, a heart explain. on it, and it's literally under a tiny lock and a tiny key? <laughs>
0: It does have a tiny heart on it. Now, here's the thing: my mom bought it for me for like, when I was in the ninth grade. I think it was like a stocking stuffer or something. So, to so be cute. fair, I didn't. My mother, which may, may make it even worse, that my mother bought me a diary. <laughs> at a I young think age. it's nice. Is it sweet? It's sweet. But so you know, yeah, we, I talked about yeah my my diary. Uh, I got kind of graphic in a way we wouldn't on here where I talked about the sex life of my tortoises <laughs> uh, that's right
1: <laughs> I and uh, yes uh some some biological reproductive details of your tortoises and I, I'm on very shaky ground you are much closer to these tortoises so uh, b- by all accounts, I should trust you, but I still think you might be wrong about one of the key details about one of your tortoises,
0: yeah, the I'd gender be- of one of your tortoises. Yeah, you think I'm misgendering my tortoise. and I think, I think so. I I've, do think so. I've done all I can. <laughs> on the show today, uh, we're going to talk about some of Upworthy's most popular and engaging stories from February the 21st to the 25th. And uh, of course, before we begin, uh, we do this show with a full understanding of what's going on in the world right now. Uh, but as anybody who follows Upworthy knows, we've always been a news site that kind of t- tries to pivot and show the best of humanity uh, in, you know, against the backdrop of the negativity you see in the news every day, especially for the last couple of years. So hopefully uh, you'll enjoy today's show and be able to take a little break from everything from and have a little us. reminder that there are some people out there doing great, fun things. And uh, yeah, so... We won't be rating our weeks our, our weeks this week because you know, uh everybody's week was a little off. So with that
1: All right. So uh, here is a very fun story. Uh, twin sisters married twin brothers, and then they they lived together, and they had sons around the same time, and their sons are referred to as quaternary twins, which means they're technically cousins, but genetically they're more like uh, siblings, and I will get into this. Uh, so Brianna and Brittany Dean are the first set of twins and growing up they always joked that they wanted to marry twins uh, whenever either of them would date singletons like the each sister kind of didn't like that because they were worried that this new boyfriend would get in the way of their twin bond and they would talk about how they wanted to grow up and marry a set of twins and then their friends would would just... They would just, you know, crap on their plans and say, that's unrealistic. To which I say, get out of here with that negative energy. You don't know. And then they showed those negative friends because they went to a twin festival in Twinsburg, Ohio, which is a real place. The Twins Day Festival in Twinsburg, Ohio in 2017. And they met Josh and Jeremy Salyers. And they fell in love, and then one year later, in 2018, returned to the festival, got married, wow. And now they all live together in Virginia and uh, under one roof, and they run a wedding venue. And then they had sons with like, let me see, I know exactly, within uh, less than nine months apart. Uh, so they have two sons jet and jacks uh, and they all raise them kind of in like a like they all take care of the kids so in like a big communal situation um, so regarding the quaternary tw- uh, twins thing and by the way there are only about 300 in recorded history of these quaternary twins because the two sets of twins have identical DNA basically the two uh sons of the two sets of twins are genetically as close as actual brothers even though like i said technically they're cousins so it's pretty pretty cool um and uh they are considering both adding even another another pregnancy Mm. but then what happens if like it turns out that one's a girl one's a boy it's gonna throw off the whole thing
0: yeah, it's going to mess up the whole synergy that they have going on. Right. And I guess they, I guess the, the gals, was it Brianna and Brittany, mm-hmm. needed to marry twin guys because if not, like if they both married singletons but they still wanted to live together, I think it would be really weird for a dude to be like, oh, this is kind of like my dude husband and he lives here <laughs> right. too. And yeah. his wife looks just like my wife which means that he's probably into my wife cuz why would he not be into my wife
1: there's a lot of questions and like if you go and look at uh, the pictures that accompany this story. And oh, I should have said this was by Jissa Joseph and it ran on Thursday. And there's a lot of photos and it's very fun. And they're all dressed identical in all the photos to really play up the mirror imaging effect. And they're all posed. So it's like mirror imaging in all the photos. They even have their hair. The the two dudes did not do their hair in a mirror imaging style, to which I say, loosen up guys. But <laughs> the gals did. Um, and so it really looks like an optical illusion almost. Uh, but like, what if just one of them at a certain point is like, you know, I'm not feeling this anymore. It's really the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle is really reliant on everyone buying in. So if one day Brianna is like, you know what? I want a different life for myself. It's going to mess everything up.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like you ever see the show Big Love that was on eight hbo about the polygamous family and how eventually you know they you know barb starts thinking you know what this whole thing isn't for me anymore and you know then she's got to move her 17 children out and they're going to miss the other 47 children living in the you know polygamous house and yeah and it, right. it, it does mess things up
1: uh, right we i just want to underline though and i know you're not saying this this is not but just to be clear, this is not a polygamous situation. It's just helping out, taking care of the kids. It is just two couples sharing a roof. And also they all share DNA.
0: Um, right. I mean, it could easily yes. fall into polygamy real quick. I, I feel like <laughs> there's some real lines, you know. couple cocktails one night. You forget right. whose bedrooms where. You know, yeah. things could get mixed up. Whose kid is that? I don't really know whose kid. What? He, right. I mean, if you had to do a paternity test and it was between... To twins who may be the father this is a good Maury episode by the way
1: well that's a good question because I think on a paternity test it wouldn't be clear I think right so maybe Look, I took biology in high school so I think it wouldn't be clear
0: yeah I mean just think about it like maybe they're raising the two sons together uh because they don't know hmm And you can't know. There you go. This is not provable.
1: Another detail that I thought was fun from the story, um, they were talking about how they're trying to figure out what each of the sons will call their uncle, like maybe daddy or dunkel. Well, obviously, they'll call their dad daddy, but then the other one, like maybe dunkel or something. I have older twin brothers, and uh, my niece calls her dad, dad when she was little, called her dad daddy. Uh, and then her uncle, uncle daddy, because he looks, you know, just like her daddy, but is her uncle.
0: Oh, so. okay, that's cute. I always thought that was cute. I um, uh, I was wondering. So let's say, you know, there's another woman living in your house that looks just like your wife, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that sometimes there's some kind of accident where it's like, oh, Brianna, could you come here? Blah 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 blah. And it's like, oh no, sorry, it's Brittany. Or do you think twins, kind of like? You know, like blind people tend to have really good senses of hearing, mm-hmm. right? I believe that's true. It's not just an old wives' tale, right? Do you think like that your pe- other
1: senses compensate?
0: Do you think that twins have an ability, a greater ability to recognize the difference between how two different people look because their whole yes. life they've looked exactly like someone else? So the guy's gonna know completely that his wife looks completely different than the other woman who's genetically the same.
1: Maybe accept and cancel me all you want, mm. but sometimes I find some guys, even twins, can be a little bit not aware of things, so still how perceptive are these guys? they're guys
0: that's that's true they're still
1: hey, oh. am I allowed to say that? <laughs> You know what your I'm
0: wife? saying? Is that, is that your <laughs> wife? Is it your mirror image wife, you know?
1: Look, I know this is really hacky stuff to like the difference between men and women, especially in this day where we are beyond just two genders. But still, I got my hair cut and I walked in and my son said, your hair is shorter, mommy. And I said, that's right. And my husband's, st- we're like two months later. And my husband still hasn't noticed. I mean it's like now the same length that it was originally but he ne- and I don't care in fact I was worried it was a little bit too short so I was happy that he didn't notice but still he never noticed
0: so the women know the difference between their husbands but the guys are just in there just 100% fumb- fumbling around in the they're dark.
1: like you'll do yeah you'll do you guys look pretty much the same
0: Last question, do you think that when they went to Twins Day, so the the two women, they went there on a mission on yes. Twins Day to find some, you know, they wore the Husband. pineapple clothing or whatever, but <laughs> or I guess they, they don't swing yet. But they went there looking, and do you think at a certain point they're like, we're ready to get married, and they say it simultaneously just like, mm-hmm. you know, the twins on The Simpsons. Uh, we're ready to get married, and so... Just the best looking twin dudes that we see here, just end of the night, we're taking them home, game over, right? Probably. Yeah. That's probably how it happened. How romantic. Yeah. (laughs) Finding the best looking dudes I can find tonight and calling it a night. Yeah. I think so.
1: Upworthy Upworthy Weekly. Weekly.
0: Real quick update before we get on to my story. Okay. On last week's show, I talked about how I had a bit of a moral dilemma that Your packages. Some, yeah, some packages were stolen from my neighborhood it was five amazon boxes and they were just dumped outside of my house so i returned three of them because they had addresses and then two of them i did not know what was wh- where they went who they belonged to so and they had sat in a gutter that was wet uh, for a little while so the boxes kind of eroded so i knew what was inside of the boxes uh, and and then eventually we tried to figure out who it was. I went next door, Facebook, could not find who these packages belonged to. Finally, went, got in touch with someone on Amazon, and they said, you know what? Because of your good karma, uh, that you wanted to return these, we're going to let you keep whatever you found in the boxes. Oh wow! So and you know, here's the thing. I trust in Amazon's more you know moral compass. You know, Jeff oh, yeah. Bezos, They're h- humanitarians. Yeah. Completely on the up and up. Right. Uh, so basically, here's what I got. I got like a six-month supply of pike roast, which is what I, I get at Target. I got a tortilla maker. So oh, I thought it was just a warmer. I, I looked. I When I really opened up and investigated the package, now that it was mine, uh, it was a tortilla maker. I got some all-purpose cleaner. So, you know, I can Great. finally take care of the quartz in the kitchen. Um, I got a, ooh, a black crop top. <laughs> All right. So, so. So you. Yeah. So I might be, you know, next show, I might put the video back a little bit and then right. you might, you so might you can get that midriff. That's right. Uh, I got a really nice Bluetooth speaker and uh, I guess that was it. So. <laughs> good for you. So back to our stories here. Uh, I just didn't want to let people hang on stuff. We bring it up. People are emotionally invested in my moral dilemma.
1: I think they're, they're tuning in just for that. I have an update too, which I'll share after your story. Okay.
0: And here we go. Teen son wins mom's $1,800 bet. He couldn't stay off social media for six years. There's a lot of research that needs to be done on the effect that social media has on adolescents, but the early studies suggest some reason for concern. By the way, this was written by me. The University of Columbia says the more time teens spend on social media, the more likely they will experience mental health symptoms like anxiety, isolation, and hopelessness. Lorna Clefoss' daughter had a tough time with Snapchat in her teens. She got so obsessed with keeping up with her Snapchat streaks, it was really affecting her mood. It was affecting her friendships, she told WSA9. And the, daughter, the daughter's now in grad school and doing well, but she didn't want the same problems that her daughter had uh, being transferred to her son. So when he was 12 years old, he made a bet. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, If you can stay off social media till you're 18, I'll pay you $1,800. Wow. And he said... Being 12, I didn't really have that great concept of money yet. So I was like, yeah, okay, sick, absolutely. Uh, And so recently he turned 18, and he collected $1,800 from his family for being able to abstain from social media. He celebrated the occasion by opening up an Instagram account. (laughs) And so he says, it's it's hilarious. I feel like I'm 80. I can't seem to figure out social media. It's pretty embarrassing. Uh, I'll be with my friends, and they're like, what are you doing? is what he said. So I like what this mother did. Uh, her son actually ended up doing really well in, in sports and athletics. Um, I like the idea that she put her money where her mouth is and said, look, this stuff can really be a waste of your time. And maybe you don't even need to deal with it yet at this age. It's going to be in the world Here. Here's $1,800 uh, if you can manage it. And knew that her kid was super competitive so that he would just do it just, just to win, you know? Um, and also, the kid's cool because he put off probably a, a massive amount of peer pressure uh, to not be on social media. And the the funny thing is, I was, I'm doing research on a bigger study on this that we're, I'm doing for mm-hmm. Upworthy on teens and social media. And they found that. Teens who are on social media deal with a certain amount of stress because of it, but teens that aren't on social media deal with a certain amount of stress because they're, you know, they're missing out on things.
1: They're missing out, right. That's what I was wondering is like, what, what are you missing out on at that age if you're not there?
0: Yeah. And it's probably just all the communication going on. Or did you see what Cindy right. posted yesterday? <clears throat> You
1: know, know what I love about this, though, is that it made it his choice. So it's not that my parents won't let me be on social media. It's that he chose he's choosing not to be on social media. And there's this, you know, it's delayed gratification. There's this prize at the end, which is a really ingenious way to incentivize him to not be on social media. I love this.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's his choice. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go around and I'm going to sneak and open up a. Instagram account or whatever, Mm -hmm. to get back at my parents. Uh, Yeah, you're right. The ball was in his court. He had agency, as they say. Uh, Yes. You know, it's funny. I I like this just because I was really struck. I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the show, but uh, before COVID, I went to a a graduation party for an 18-year-old girl. And at one of the tables were a bunch of these 18-year-old kids, these damn kids, and (laughs) like 8 of them sitting around a circle and they all just had their their face in their phone and they it's like and they're all laughing and kind of looking and they were kind of engaging with each other but it was like through the phone or like hey look at this mm-hmm. look at this meme like this snap snapogram or whatever they're doing and <laughs> they're just sitting there doing it and i was like this looks disturbing like mm-hmm. if like it looked it didn't look right to me, you know that that everybody was doing that, and it was such a hyper version of people being addicted to social media that mm-hmm. it was like, oh, but I don't want to be the old guy and be like, hey, what's going on, kids, you know? But it did it did look really weird to me. It did it did not right. look healthy. Let's say.
1: Do you watch Euphoria at all? Or are you familiar with it? I, I
0: I I'm thinking about watching it just because everybody it's.
1: So, same. I don't watch it. I watched one episode uh when it first came out and I thought I don't want my children to have, do anything like this. This frightens me uh like an old person. Uh and then I didn't think anything else about it and then now I feel like everyone's talking about it so I feel like maybe I should start watching it again.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I might give it a give it a watch just to see. Um but then I was thinking Allison Rose. Yes. A self-confessed phone addict. Totally, that's me. So, what if somebody bet you $2,000 that you could not go 6 weeks without looking at social media. Now, here's a caveat. All the stuff that cuz you need social media for your for your work, right? Right. Like say Tony takes care of it, right? For 6 weeks. No. Yes. No, you you, you just completely got seven weeks, seven weeks, seven weeks, no social media. You don't look at it, no tweeting, no Instagramming, no Facebooking. Do you think you could do it?
1: And I am assured that it would be taken care of to my standards. Correct, correct. Yes, because that sounds like a nice break right now to me. Because I, yeah. Oh my God, for real? (laughs)
0: Oh. I just for dramatic effect because we do video. <laughs> we do our little video promos, so it's <laughs> a so check. I got so excited. Here's a check for you for two thousand dollars, Allison Rosen, if you think that you could do seven weeks without touching social media.
1: Yes! You have yourself a deal. Damn it! There it goes. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> Anyway, um, I long for that kind of break because I just feel burnt out on it. So, yes, yeah. I am both addicted to it and I love it and I hate it. So, yes. So, be- I don't know. It's, oh. It would be a, a a vacation, I feel like.
0: And it would be of your own agency. It wouldn't be like, oh, uh, Daniel's forcing me to quit social media For seven weeks or whatever, it would be. Daniel
1: recently told me that sometimes he wishes, and I feel that this came from the heart, he wishes he could take my phone and throw it across the room. And I was uh, surprised by the passion in that statement because I thought, really? Because sometimes I want to take your earbuds and throw them across the room. It was surprising. It just shows you how much you're not aware of your own reaction, your own self. Yeah. Because I am like, He is checked out sometimes, and he's not aware of it. And then apparently, I am too. So, together we should go on a um, phone on a joint phone fast. Upworthy
0: Upworthy Weekly.
1: Weekly. Uh, We talked about kids in the bed recently because that was a story you wrote mm-hmm. and you shared your feelings that like kids should definitely not be in the bed, that that is not good for a marriage. It's not good for kids. It's not, you know, you have pretty strict boundaries around yeah. that, around that. And I said, I have looser boundaries, but it hasn't really been an issue in my house because, um, my kids don't sleep in our bed. Occasionally Elliot will come in in the night, but it's very rare. Um, but the other night in the middle of the night, he did come in. And usually when he comes in, we sleep like three, like we sleep like adults who, for some reason, are forced to share a bed, like unrelated adults who are forced to share a bed where it's like, OK, we're all going to like try to just stick to our sides of the bed in the in the middle <laughs> of the night. Um, but on this night, I woke up <clears throat> and he was like tucked like his head was on my shoulder and he was snuggled next to me. Oh. And it was so nice and I just totally gave into it and we slept snuggled all up next to each other all night and it was the highlight of my week and I was totally addicted to it and I was like oh no I love this and he didn't come back the next night but I was secretly like I kind of hope he comes back tomorrow oh no and I was like this is I know. I was like this is how it happens. Yeah. But he hasn't come back since. But yes, I'm I, I'm aware this is a problem. But I loved it. I get I get why parents or why maybe why moms start uh allowing this to happen because that was a, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Someone Ooh. needs some snuggles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I <laughs> I think maybe this is the, again the husband's job just to snuggle, you know?
1: Yeah, but I think it, it, this is more like my koala's not cutting it.
0: Oh, okay. The, the stuffed
1: animal that we've been talking about. I mean, yes, husband snuggles are fine, but it was something about my child snuggle. I think I'd, maybe I just need... I, I, don't, I believe the ship has sailed for me to have another baby, and also I don't... It would not work for our family to have another baby, and also I'm old. But just <laughs> my, it, was, it was having my baby all snuggled next to me that I really liked. Oh. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, here comes... Another story. Uh, This one is very sweet, but warning, it does mention suicide talk.
0: Um,
1: And the headline is, you saved my life. Suicidal person's life is changed after reading a homemade bumper sticker. This one is by our own Todd Perry, and it ran on Thursday, and it's a very sweet, moving story. So um, this woman, Brooke Lacey, who herself had struggled with some mental illness uh, in her day, Um, she knew that people might be struggling, might be having a hard time during COVID. So she wanted to help people. And she printed up a bunch of stickers that had an uplifting message. And she put them in places that people might be contemplating taking their own lives. And she also put one as a bumper sticker on her car. And this is the message that they had on them. It said, please don't take your life today. The world is so much better with you in it more than you realize. Stay. Stay. And then, oh, I should say this is this happened in New Zealand. I don't know why I should say that, but just in case you're wanting to locate this on the globe. <laughs> uh, so earlier this month, she parked her car in our university's parking lot uh, and then she returned to her car and she saw something that no one wants to see, which is a, a note under her windshield wiper. And she thought, "Uh oh, I got a ticket. She got to her car and she saw that it was a handwritten note from someone, and it said, uh, "I left my house with a plan and asked for a sign, any sign that I was doing the right thing. When I saw your car in the parking lot, thank you."
0: Oh my God! Imagine yeah. that you're at the end, of the, you know, at the end of it, and mm-hmm. then you see that exact sentiment, the one perfect thing that you need to hear. You right. know,
1: saying "stay."
0: I, I'm sure. A thousand people as saw that sticker over the last course of the last week as she's put putting around New Zealand, and but one person, that's all. it's One person, uh, completely changed their life. And right. th- the interesting thing is she doesn't know who this person is. There right. was There was no identifying information. Uh, she didn't say, you know, oh here's my email, thank you or whatever. Uh, it's completely anonymous. You know. Doesn't matter. And let's hope that that person went in to get professional help after that. But Yes. You know, th- this reminded me of a moment uh, after the George Floyd murder. Um, somebody uh, directly across the street from my house, right after the murder, you know, started circulating online, she put up a, a car- piece of cardboard. She, white lady, uh, p- piece of cardboard, just wrote Black Lives Matter in black paint. And just, you know, hung it from her front fence. And a couple days later, I was talking to my neighbor who lived there at the time. She's since moved, but and she's black. And we were sitting there gabbing about something, you know, I don't know. When's trash day? I don't know, whatever you talk about to your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And she was super sweet. And she saw the lady who put up the sign kind of come outside for some reason. And she, you know, motioned her over. And she just said, you don't know how much that means to me, what you just did. oh. And she goes, it's been a very- I just got chills. Yeah. She goes, it's been a very hard week for me. And when she saw that sign that the neighbor put up, it really meant something to her. It's a positive thing of like lots of these gestures sometimes we don't really, maybe they're important.
1: Attached to the individual.
0: Yeah. And it really meant something to her. So I had that recollection when I heard this story about the bumper sticker
1: yeah um, and another point you made in the story was that uh, um the a, a tactic, tactic makes it sound like a like a cold strategy or something, but you know a, a, a thing they do at sui- a suicide hotline is they try to connect with empathy. like you need to use empathy. That's what someone who's in a crisis moment needs yeah is is that reminder that people care.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they probably don't need to hear, oh, it's not that bad. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right. What is it that's bothering you? (laughs) Oh, gee. Walk it off. Yeah, right. (laughs) Rub some dirt on it, you know?
1: (laughs) Some of us have it worse, you know?
0: (laughs) Oh. Oh. Well, my blah, blah, blah. Yeah. (laughs) The one. The depression (laughs) one-upper. What a joyous person that is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So just a reminder that uh, if you are having thoughts about taking your own life or know of anyone who's in need of help, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK or text HOME to the Crisis Text Line at
0: 741741. Upworthy Weekly. Speaking of empathy, uh, I was very happy when I saw the responses to this story I'm going to bring up that I wrote. Because I wrote it as a very personal story about my life. And I thought that I was just going to get nailed in the comment section of the article on Upworthy. I'm usually reluctant to go in the comments because just Facebook commenters in general, like a third of them are just like horrible trolls, you know? <laughs> it doesn't matter what your page is or what the story is. It's just it's it's going to be some dirtbag in oakley's screaming about something but so i wrote this and i thought oh i'm gonna i'm gonna really take it on this one but a whole bunch of people read the article and said oh my god this is me or i can so relate and it it made me feel good i I felt seen you know for a moment but i wrote an article called after learning i'm an empath life makes so much more sense are you one too and I led the story with a uh, couple of years back, I was working in an office and it was, there's was a bunch of cubicles and there was somebody who sat near me and they were really cool, pleasant person, cool person, a whole bit, but they were very angry and I could feel the anger coming off them all the time into a point where it was like, almost felt like it was like debilitating because I, I realized that I was the only person experiencing that amongst everyone else and it was kind of a weird feeling and I realized it's like I felt like I didn't have the force field that prevents other people's emotions from getting mm-hmm. at me and I, I didn't quite know what to make of it I'm like am I crazy you know and then I saw an interview with Dr. Drew Pinsky and he said I'm an emotional sponge I'm what's called an empath like I can't I, I can't like just other people's emotions get into me. Like, I, I feel them in a way. And other people can disrupt, quickly disrupt my emotional balance, not even by saying anything or doing anything mean or bad. You just, you feel it. It's a weird thing. And um, it's called being an empath. And I was like, oh, I've got that, you know. And I didn't want to be one of those people. It's like, oh, I have that because I think... Everybody has those moments where they like you say, "Oh, I think I'm ADD. Maybe I'm not ADD. But if you're really ADD, you know you're ADD, right?" Um, but this really hit home, and I started realizing, like, my wife, if my wife, if my wife comes, <laughs> my wife comes home in a bad mood or she's angry. It's not like she's normally an angry person. It's this is it has nothing to do with her being an unbalanced person. It Has to do with me that like her energy gets onto me, and then I'm uncomfortable until her mood lifts so I almost feel like my whole personality is based on trying to cheer people up around me so I don't have to have their crap on me kind of thing so I started doing I, I, I did an interview with a, a gal who's a psychologist and she had some great insights on it and and was saying that this is basically a um, it's a neurological thing where research suggests that the motor neuron system in the brain is on overdrive with empaths, meaning their compassion is hyperactive versus narcissists who have hypoactive mirror neurons and empathy have an empathy deficiency. So if you can have a narcissist, uh, you can have an empath, right? It's just different sides of the thing. And I'm like, maybe I'm both, you know? But uh, so... Do you think – you don't seem like a narcissist no, at all. No, I don't think so. I was, I was joking. but Okay. Um, Yeah, but it it was something I got to share, some intimate part of myself, and the audience responded nicely. So that was really cool. And then hopefully other people go, oh, my God, I have that too. Because once I kind of figured out what it was, you start going, okay, well, now I know that there's certain people I can't be around. Or if they're disturbing me, I know how to file that or how to look at that emotion mm-hmm. and let it pass. Or I know that I got to find my way out of it if my wife's in a bad mood, that it doesn't just completely mess up my day, you know. So, yeah, it was it was good. I, I, I let it out.
1: What's interesting is there was one. So I consider myself an empath as well. Okay. Um, and it's like it almost feels like a secret superpower in a way to sort of be able to to read the the emotion of the room to, uh-huh. to read someone's emotions um, and I think it's why I'm a good interviewer but also it causes me pain which I imagine is how it is for you too. I relate very much to what you're saying about if someone's in a bad mood it completely takes over your own emotional system and you lack that buffer to be able like I work so hard on being able to say this is Daniel's stuff and I don't. Because I think uh, um, the immature response to it is to say, it annoys me that he's annoyed because now my night is ruined and I can't feel at peace until he gets over whatever's bothering him. Like, no, that's not how a healthy relationship works. He's allowed to have his stuff. Yeah. and i can still go about my you know like we get to have separate moods that's what a healthy relationship but it's hard for someone who takes on someone else's stuff and so there's kind of a this um overlap i'm curious if you also feel there's an overlap between being an empath and being codependent
0: uh i know i don't think i have any code codependency at least li- you don't think so i don't think i know that much about it honestly okay. to to think that i am but i i don't really get into I will emotionally be affected by people, but I'm not uh-huh. going to get dragged into their BS. Right. I you're think, just emotionally affected. I by think it. codependent would be you're 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 getting into their. Uh, right. Their BS. But trying to
1: like cheer up the people around you is a bit codependent. I I know it sounds like oh. I'm like, it it is a little bit.
0: It oh. can be. Yeah. Oh, totally is. You're right. Yeah. Because you're you're trying to manage everybody in the room. Can it's a yeah. it's a subtle manipulation, right?
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Upworthy,
1: upworthy weekly. weekly This next story is by Annie Renault and I've decided and I think you had said things to this effect but I've decided Annie Renault is upworthy in human form. She I've not met her in person. I would like to one day. She seems like such a positive sincere upworthy of a human person because this story is about people who use wheelchairs uh and it's about people who use wheelchairs sharing tips for how to Uh, be less weird around them. And she starts it by talking, uh, this ran on Thursday, and she starts the story by talking about how wonderful social media is already. That's not how I feel about social media always. But uh, talking about how wonderful social media is because it allows us to come together and to understand each other better. What a wonderful take on social media. Go Annie! Anyway, so... Uh, Can um, I just say I I agree with everything
0: you said and you're completely right about her. It's someone who's worked with her for quite some time and had many meetings you know uh, a lot of long talks over things with her and yeah she's one of those people it's like can you just like do something wrong please just so <laughs> like she's one of those kind of perfect uh, empathetic people it's like uh I, f- I feel like l- less of a person being around her because like she's kind of Perfect. You know.
1: Have you ever been driving with her and does she get angry if someone cuts her off?
0: I have not. So I, I I cannot cannot judge.
1: Have you ever seen someone get her coffee order
0: wrong? Oh no. I, have I seen her do like a Tyra Banks and just full on flip out and check a cell phone at somebody?
1: Yeah, or like has someone stepped on her toe. I'm just looking for any sort of uh human reaction from Annie Renault.
0: No. No, I've never. Really? No, I, she's kind of perfect, yeah.
1: Does she wear glasses? Have you seen like her clean her glasses and then they immediately fog up again and then she got upset?
0: No, no, she usually, the glasses are already clean. They don't get dirty. I don't know what it is. It's, uh, <sighs> she's so it's Olivia Newton-John in the opening of Grease where she's walking and it's like the birds put her, her clothes on and, oh. you know, the yes, chipmunks that do makes her sense. hair, you know.
1: Right, she ordered a diet coke and she got a regular coke and that made her upset. Anything like that? No. Or vice no. versa.
0: I don't think she drinks soda.
1: Of course she doesn't. She she ordered Evian and they gave her Fiji and that wasn't up to her. That wasn't to her liking.
0: Oh no! You know the thing was actually she got really really upset and um, she she. Pulled the hair of a woman working at Starbucks because they had ran out of the stuff that comes from the artesian well with a the, with the, <laughs> the eight dollar yes. water.
1: Yes, that sounds like her. Yeah, with the soapy finish.
0: You're right. Finally. I looked it up once. I was
1: for some reason I was reading water reviews, bottled water reviews, and that expensive water has a soapy finish. But that's supposed to be a positive, which is weird.
0: You need a hobby. Um,
1: I you
0: yelling at that people. Is, that is my
1: hobby. No, you know what my new hobby is. So I just got bunk beds for my kids, um, because my five year old is so excited about bunk beds and was asking me every day, like, are the bunk beds going to come? Are the bunk beds going to come? So he 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 chose them. I just am his butler. Um, <laughs> but now I have to buy mattresses for them, and I, I cannot figure out what mattresses to get. So my new hobby is reading mattress reviews, cause uh, there's mattresses for kids. There's just twin size mattresses for adults. I can't figure it out.
0: I once had a a, a girl I dated for like two and a half years or whatever. She's great. She's great, great gal. But like, I always have tons of interest in hobbies and stuff that I'm always not not enough, never enough yeah. time to get to everything. You tinker. You're a tinkerer. I'm a total tinkerer. And she did not have anything she tinkered on or whatever. And eventually I was like, you need a hobby. You need an interest or something. You know, like we were fighting about something. And she goes, I do have a hobby. And I said, what? And she paused and she goes, I love hiking. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I've known you two and a half years. I've never seen you take a hike or bring up taking a hike. And she goes, but I love it. That's <laughs> so sad. Anyway, so, as we we're saying Annie Renault, um, yes. All right. So, um, this story, a person who uses
1: a wheelchair shared on social media a lot of ways to not be a weirdo around people who use wheelchairs, and this was surprising to me. I didn't realize how uncomfortable and weird people are around people in wheelchairs it was very eye-opening and dismaying but that's I'm bringing my own stuff to this okay so I'm going to go through some of the things that people do around people in wheelchairs and some of the things that you should uh, keep in mind and just to bring up TikTok again my own personal pet peeve on TikTok is they'll do a list and I'll just want them to bang out the list. Like one, blah, 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 two, da da da, three, da, da da da. But instead they're like one, blah, blah, blah. And then they go on explaining what that thing is for a while. And then they're like two and they explain. And it doesn't need that much much explanation. So I'm just gonna bang these out because I don't think they need a lot of explanation. I've just explained for too long that I'm not gonna explain. Okay, here we go one remember we're people we're more similar to you than different we're just sitting down don't make it weird two remember our autonomy if you have a question for me don't ask my partner so medical professionals will often ask this person's partner who's standing up instead of just asking them they're right there that's so infantilizing
0: oh God yeah they're
1: not a they're not a child um here's one that is like sadly hilarious don't touch a person's wheelchair don't don't just roll if you need to get past a person in a wheelchair don't just roll them out of the way oh isn't God. that
0: Screw I had that same reaction
1: yeah ex- oh my gosh i know it, it's not like a shop it's not a shopping cart that you just roll out of the way hello there's a human being in it yeah um don't ask what happened casually you're not entitled to another person's medical trauma this one is interesting um i follow uh, a grief Uh, a person who does like grief counseling and writes a lot about grief on Instagram. And she posts a lot about uh, not just, casually uh, bringing up things about the person that this person th- th- that died because you're expecting emotional labor from the person who's grieving. And then a lot of people who are grieving say that they really love the chance to talk about their grief. Yeah. Um, so this one sort of struck me in a similar way that perhaps the person in the wheelchair might not mind talk. I could imagine a lot of people – Uh, who are disabled not minding talking about it and feeling like it's a it's a it's a fact of life I don't you know it's fine to ask but at the same time you know it's a spectrum so obviously there's people who who feel like no you're 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 asking for labor in asking me what happened so just tread lightly on that topic I think um, okay. Uh, another one, parents don't let your kids crawl on a person in a wheelchair and don't let them crawl on the chair. And then also don't make judgments about the person in the chair. So some people who use wheelchairs also can walk for small periods of time. Uh, so don't jump to the, you know, don't assume that therefore they're somehow faking if you see them also walking, but also using the chair. Cause that's the thing that happens. So there you go. Don't be a weirdo and don't be judgmental
0: you know I think sometimes people are a weirdo because they don't <laughs> they don't know how to react or what the comfort level is or there's a whole bunch of social things here. you're not quite sure can can I ask about the traumatic event? Should I not ask about the traumatic event? Do I bring up the fact the person is in a wheelchair or do we sit and right and, and act like you don't notice because you don't want yeah. that to define the person right right Th- There are a whole bunch of things so obviously the person in the wheelchair uh feels uncomfortable somewhat socially because of it and then the person yeah. speaking to them kind of maybe feel a little uncomfortable cuz they don't quite know the boundaries it's a it's a whole dance that nobody knows the right answer to
1: i will say and this is my own this is my own thing like it's it's not obviously it's not up to me it's not up to me at all but the thing of like don't ask them what happened is just sitting in my brain going like That's what it sounds like when some when my brain is, is like confused by something because, I, I would, because I do feel like there are a fair number of people in wheelchair of of disabled people who would say, let's normalize it, let's not make it this forbidden thing, let's let's talk about it, it's okay, but I do also get that like it's it's up to the individual to decide what's off limits and what's not
0: you know yes and I I think it would be an error on this side of let them bring it up yeah you know
1: that that seems right like I have a listener um who has an ostomy bag who's very open about it and very fine with talking about it but then there's probably plenty of people I say if you're a listener and you use a wheelchair or if you're just disabled at all please let us know are you okay with people asking you what happened And where should they email us to tell us? Well, you could
0: just, you could, yeah. UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com.
1: Yes. Or you could tweet us. I'm at Alison Rosen and Todd is at Todd Perry with one D. Yeah. Todd A. Perry. That's right. At Todd A. Perry with one D. And I'm at Alison Rosen with one L. Our parents were not about extra
0: letters. No. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'd like to thank everybody for listening to uh, the Upworthy Weekly podcast, I'd like to thank Allison Rosen, and uh, it's been a wonderful week speaking with you. Thank you, and don't it forget was wonderful. <laughs> we're two, we're
1: two empaths who read the room and talk over each other. That's right.
0: And uh, don't forget to subscribe uh, on uh, wherever uh, podcasts are, and to leave us a review.
1: Yes, please. We need those reviews. It helps the show, and we love them. Upworthy Weekly
0: was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments,
1: or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com.
0: I'm Marley Balin, have a great week.